Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today my guest is a little bit different. It's King Whetstone, who is the director of USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service Northeastern Region. He received his BS from Prairie View A&M University in Agricultural Economics in 1998. Prior to becoming the regional director, he served as a director for the New York field office and the deputy director in the Hawaii field office. In addition to leading the Northeastern region, Mr. Whetstone is a regular contributor to Lancaster Farm News and officiates Division I college basketball. He currently resides in Mechanicsville, PA with his wife, April, and daughter. Welcome to the podcast, King. Uh, thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, so you also officiate basketball. This must be in your spare time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Spare time. I get an opportunity to, I've been doing that for about 15, 16 years now. And uh, yeah, that's something that I enjoy doing, but definitely on my spare time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That must get a little good exercise up and down the court, I guess. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me. We always kid that um, in college, they don't age. So they're always 18 to 22, but officials, we we (laughs) get older. So we try to keep up with with that age. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right, so you're here to talk about the uh, the census, and I mean, I think the first on a lot of people's minds is, you know, what is the census of agriculture? Yeah, thanks for that question. I mean, it, it really, we say it's a complete count, and that's critical, a complete count of U.S. farms and, and ranches, and more importantly, the people who operate them. So, we're not only concerned about, you know, your production on the farm and what you're growing or the livestock that you have, but we're, we're really concerned, too, about the people who's operating uh, these operations and um, even small plots of land. And we're talking rural or urban. And uh, you count if $1,000 or more of ag products were produced or sold or normally would have been sold during the census year. And we try to collect data from all of those that meet that uh, requirement. Uh huh. So let's talk about that because I know some people are like a little hesitant because they don't want the government to know their business. But I think, you know, the purpose is just to get an idea of what's happening so that you can make sure that the correct dollars are allocated for different programs. Yeah, it, it is so critical on how this uh, this data is being used. Um, and it's confidential. So no one report is ever exposed. It's aggregate total. And it's the only source of uniform and co- comprehensive and impartial ag data. And that's for every state and every county. Uh, a lot of times we don't, through our federal program, we're not able to publish county level uh, data because of uh, the minimum responses that we get. But through the census, we're able to publish data at the county level that's critical and that's tied back to some important decision makings, including uh, foreign policies and programs that impact the producers. Okay. So, all right. So let's expand on that. So who uses this kind of data that is being produced? Well, number one, the producers can use it uh, to make informed decisions about their own operation, uh, including um, production practices to marketing. Uh, Companies and cooperatives use the data to determine uh, where to locate facilities that will serve ag producers 
I was just reading in an article where here in Pennsylvania, where I'm located, uh, that they're building this um, organic facility uh, through our numbers. Um, uh, Pennsylvania ranks third in the nation when it comes to sales of organic agriculture. And in the governor here in Pennsylvania is, uh, you know, investing $1 million in an organic facility. But in that read, I was, they, they quoted our numbers uh, as a mm. factor of, of why they're going to do that. And their plan is just to increase the awareness and um, uh, the support of the organic growers here in Pennsylvania. So that was awesome. Um, community planners use the information to target needed services to rural residents. And as I mentioned, uh, legislators use the census data when shaping uh, foreign policies and programs. And uh, in 2017, we noted that the age of the farmer uh, was was increasing. And so we've seen a lot of effort uh, from the government and legislators to really target young producers uh, to get more involved uh, in agriculture as a result. Mm. So what is the average age of farmers? Do you have that kind of information? Yeah, I believe it's around shy of 57. I think okay. it's 57, but yeah, it's uh could be higher by now. We'll see when the, the data comes out in um, February from this census. Okay, so then the data for this census is going to come out next February? February, yep, mid-February. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, so some people have asked about like, you know, some people get multiple surveys. Why would that happen? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons. Some, because of the, I would say the the magnitude of this survey, uh, yeah, think about it. We're, we're, we sent out over uh, a couple of million of these because we're trying mm. to get all the producers. And so sometimes it's a timing thing, Michael, where um, you have returned your census, but we didn't get it in the in the database in time. And so the system is still showing that it's missing. And so when we do a survey this big, we're going to always do a couple of mailings, right? To ensure. So it could be just a timing thing. It could be you have multiple operations, Right. And if if we sent you to an error, then you can help us to true that up and just say, no, I only have one operation. Uh, but but for the most part, you're probably getting to because of the timing. You probably responded. We didn't get it in the system and we did that second mailing. Uh, but keep in mind, if you've already completed the census, even if you do get another one, there's no there's no need to to respond again. Gotcha. Now, one of the things too is like homesteaders and that sort of thing, unless they've done a thousand dollars or more in sales, they typically don't need to fill that out. Yeah. So if you get the census, here's the key, uh, because we do such an extensive list building, uh, there's a possibility that non-farms uh, did get in our lists. Uh, so because we get we get um, lists from different sources, private and and a public, and sometimes they don't tell us if they're actually a producer or not. They may say that they're a potential. Mm. So we still will send those because we want to have a complete count as possible. But if you get the census, uh, because it's required by law, we say, please still fill, uh, send it back. That mm. will prevent us from calling you or sending you another mail. And all you have to write is, um, I don't farm or, or just give yeah. us some indication and we'll, we'll take you out of our list. Yeah. Not an active farmer. Yeah. Now, you can fill this out by mail, but is there any um, online versions as well? Oh, absolutely. And, and in fact, we um, highly encourage you to fill it out uh, online because it, it's so it's easier um, 
and and it has the easier skip patterns as well uh, and it helps you to to get through the questionnaire a little bit more efficiently if you do it online ah so you don't have to fill out every single question it'll kind of help you guide you the way through that yeah yeah um so let's say someone is a farmer they never got a survey and they still want to participate would they just go to your the website yeah please do you go to you can go to nas uh, www.nas.usda.gov uh, you can sign up to be counted. Uh, there's phone numbers as well that you can call uh, to request a questionnaire. So if you feel like you meet that definition and you didn't get a questionnaire, please, please reach out to us so we can make sure you're counted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, now, one of the questions I'm wondering is like what the last, sir, the last of census, when was that? Was that 2000? Oh, 2017. Okay. And what were the big surprises for you guys as, you know, people that are receiving the data and what was going on with the data? Yeah. So we, we never uh, are surprised by okay. the data because, and I, I say that because we're going straight to the farmers and, and ranchers, right? And so they're telling us uh, the information. And sometimes because of our federal program, some of the major commodities, your corn, your soybeans, your wheat, and we, we, you know, we do that annually, quarterly, we're collecting gotcha. data. So we yeah. have a good feel of that. Uh, but now the things that we normally don't collect, right, uh, only in the census when, when we're talking about uh, demographic data, uh, we saw a spike uh, in the number of uh, Hispanic farmers. Uh, uh -huh. We saw a spike the way we collected the data we saw a spike in the number of women that mm -hmm. were involved in, in in agriculture so i don't know if it was more so of a surprise but we did uh, kind of uh, modify the questionnaire so we could capture who was involved in, in the production and we saw once we made that modification uh more more females were, were being captured in the way we we designed it mm -hmm. yeah that's good to see the diversity this podcast is sponsored by Small Farm University, the go-to resource for gardeners, homesteaders, and farmers around the world. Small Farm University delivers classes online and on demand with training on how to grow crops and how to grow a profitable farm business that serves you, your family, and your community well. Applying what you learn in SFU could save you thousands of hours and thousands of dollars. And it can save you the agony of costly mistakes some make just because they don't know what they don't know. Delivered by real farmers with hands-on experience and expertise, it is unique in its approach, using the ripened method for growing and building a farm or farm business. Here are a few highlights of what SFU has to offer in its growing library of resources. Find your perfect farm property. Whether you're renting or purchasing, this course guides you through vetting the farm property and determining how or if it suits your business needs. We give you the secret sauce for what makes a profitable farm property and help save you thousands of dollars. Start your farm intensive. Fleshing out your farm idea, craft your one-page business plan, and discover the right funding options for your business. Use our business templates, worksheets, and calculators to figure out the numbers as you go. Farmer's Market Success System. Learn how to attract and convert customers by building an unstoppable marketing and business system for your farmer's markets. Production Mastery Series. Learn all about growing, harvesting, and drying greens. Learn about tunnel building and take special classes such as brand new and very popular Elderberry Masterclass. We include real-life examples and calculators for figuring out fertility rates, how much money you are actually making, and where your profit is coming from. Business Systems and Marketing Courses. Learn about the SFU Ripen Formula for Success, develop your marketing plan, and join in for behind-the-scenes tours of real farm businesses. Learn the systems you need to run your business well and how to hire a team to help you. 
and learn how you can add value to what you produce to generate even more income with minimal additional time and expense. In addition, members of SFU get access to the Growing Farmer Summits on demand with over 100 sessions of targeted areas of interest to farmers. These annual online events have attracted over 100,000 people from around the world, and they are included in your SFU membership as a bonus. SFU membership includes access to a private member group, monthly group Q&A sessions, and even one-on-one coaching sessions where you can get your questions answered and find the support you need. To learn more, visit growingfarmers.com today. Another question was about, I think, the CRP program. So if folks are in that, even if let's say they have farm land, but they're not actively farming it, but they do have CRP land, they definitely need to fill that out as well? Yeah, and, and that uh, can be um, a little confusing as well. C- CR payments are are you know essentially considered farm income so even yeah. if the land isn't being used to produce agriculture uh, and we have questions on the accenses specifically about crp and um other other government payments and and if you only have that it, it only take you a few minutes to complete the census if that's your case yeah yeah, yeah. gotcha um, let's see here. So the website, if folks need to go, it's NASS, so nass.usda.gov. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. And what other, what other, uh, questions do you think people are asking? Yeah. Uh, there, are probably some, some may wonder why, why do I need to fill this out? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. any survey, Michael, we're not just talking about the census. Yeah. Uh, we're also talking about our other federal surveys as well. Uh, and, and I tell you, um, you know, data is knowledge. Having this information to be able to tell the story, it, it's getting even more critical. You you wouldn't imagine the, the amount of calls that we receive from different universities, different uh, agencies wanting us to collect more data, uh, more detailed mm-hmm. data. And one of the issues we have is what we call response burden where farmers are getting contacted not only by the federal government, but different agencies to collect data. And so they get, you know, they reach a point too where they see uh, our information and and um, they probably don't want to fill it out. They're probably tired of filling out uh, surveys uh, regardless of where it comes from. And so I try to put the emphasis on this data is being used in in, in ways that are going to benefit the, the producers and the ranchers. And so uh, we just really try to encourage them to, if you get a survey from USDA NAS, uh, to complete it. Uh, and if you have concerns or issues about the amount of surveys that you're getting, you can always contact us um, to to talk about that. And you know, we have enumerators in the field. We have uh, nice ones that call you. But I can't stress enough the importance of the response rates because the the more data we get in, the easier it is for us to set accurate estimates. When we're missing, when we have low response rates, uh, we do have statistical methodology in place to account for that, but nothing beats uh, an accurate report uh, from the farmers uh, and the ranchers and producers. Yeah, because if you yeah. see a rise in apple growers in the state, that means there may be better allocation of funds for research around apples. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, they're taking that data and making critical uh, decisions, as we mentioned about organic agriculture here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know one of the biggest programs, and it's actually not even through the USDA, it's through the um, NRCS, um, 
is the actually I forget is NRCS part of USDA? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's a sub program, um, but the the high tunnel program, and um, I know we've been uh, we separated those funds a couple times, and just how effective that is um, to help farmers get some more um, covered space and, and some protection there. But I guess my biggest thing would say with that is that it'd be helpful if there was more education around how to use tunnels. Because yeah. I do see a lot of times where a tunnel is, you know, put up and they just don't know either how to use it effectively or it just sits there and never actually gets really too much done with it. So mm. um, the, yeah, educating folks on how to use them would be super helpful. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the, our sister agencies like FSA, um, NRCS. Uh, and so, you know, if you talk to those employees as well, uh, they can give you all kind of examples on how they use NAS data. Uh, mm. to make decisions there too. Uh, we we actually have them, when we hire new employees, we invite them uh, to our meetings so you know they can see how important, uh, the importance of what they do when they're setting these estimates, how it has an impact even on uh, our other agencies that we work so closely with. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about how the data then, so you guys do this survey every five years. So the then census, how, yeah. yeah, census. Um, so like between the census, I'm assuming you're just digesting, figuring out how to do a better survey that, uh, census the next time? Well, I, I wish <laughs> that was all we had. Uh, we can we conduct over four to 500 surveys annually. Uh, so now, of course, we have a team that strictly focuses on the census and they're ah, already working on the 2027 yeah. census. But I mean, annually, we're collecting data on cattle. Uh, we do a weekly brawler. We do a monthly chicken and eggs. And so if you look at our website, uh, you will see a multitude of surveys that we conduct. Um, but I think it's around four to 500 surveys that we do. Now, I say that, but one survey, such as our agricultural uh, production survey, we're conducting that every quarter. Right? Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're constantly collecting, collecting data and trying to get the accurate information out. Interesting. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, because I'm going on right now and I can do a uh, statistics and I'm looking at crops, uh, horticulture, bedding plant totals, and uh, let's see what it spits out for me. Um, I think it gave me a units, like I think it's 3.4, no, 3.4 billion bedding plant total sales in 2021. Wow. That's a lot of money. <laughs> bedding plants. Yeah, we we have a plethora of data. I mean, we're using we're we're modernizing a lot of our technologies, Michael. But uh, yep. currently, we use a system called QuickStats. Okay, uh, that that's a database, and you can view data on the state level. You can view it on the county level, and this QuickStats has all of our survey data in this database. And if you you know if you know how to extrapolate data. Uh, if you know what you're you're trying to get to, uh, that's a very uh, valuable tool. But again, uh, mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's not so user friendly because of the amount of data. But we're currently undergoing a, a re uh, a new dashboard, yeah, uh, for for data users to be able to uh, uh, be able to extrapolate that data just a little easier, make it a mm -hmm. little user friendly form. Yeah, that's interesting. Now I'm looking at beat statistics. Yeah. And uh, actually, the beet processing production in tons has fallen. Uh, twenty nineteen, no, yeah, no, nineteen nine, no, nineteen ninety nine. It was one hundred seventeen thousand, and now it's down to one hundred eleven thousand. So, uh, but I'm assuming that's just something that's not like beets are not something that's huge for you guys either. 
Well, yeah, it depends on uh, who who's collecting it. I, I'm thinking you may be looking at the the national report. Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but uh, any commodity um, that that's the value of our our website. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes I get a call. I get calls all the time. Uh, can you give me the last you know ten years of yield in Pennsylvania for coin? You know, things like yeah. that. And obviously, I can't just run those numbers yeah. on the top of my head. But this database helps us with customers to be able to. If they can't get it for themselves for us to yeah. pull it for them, for them to use it. Yeah. So this specific one, the last date is in 2001. And is that just because for some reason you decided that that wasn't pertinent information to keep gathering or? Yeah. Was that Beats? Yeah. This is yeah. Beats yeah. production measured in dollars. So I'm just assuming it's not a, not a huge crop. Yeah. So what happens after each census and you will see it after the 2022, I mean, uh, yeah, the 2022 census, we do a program review. Okay. And from that program review, we we may add or um, uh, subtract from from the commodities that we collect. Uh, some some go out of the program, and that could have mm -hmm. been the case with beets, uh, and some come into the program. So we really evaluate, and, and a lot of it, of course, is budget and resource driven uh, as well. But uh, after the census, we do do a program review, and sometimes. Um, certain commodities are discontinued. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking at head lettuce now and head lettuce went from 120 in 2018 down to 97 in 2022. So head lettuce is falling. I mean, that is within six years by 14 or 15%, uh, which is really interesting to see that. Now, if I bet if I found uh, like greens or like salad mix, let me see if they actually show a salad mix. They don't, they just have greens. So I wonder if I pull greens that that will show a pretty big increase. That's just going to be interested to take a look at that real quick here. The last of that was 20, 2001. So I'm wondering like a salad mix, if that's why that's not being looked at. But, oh, this is collard greens. Okay, okay. Only 14,000 acres of that. Yeah, collards aren't super huge, I don't think. But it's yeah. fascinating to be able to look at all that stuff and just be able to, because it's helpful to farmers to have this information too. If you're thinking of trying a new crop, well, you know, is it actually something that's actually, you know, worth growing? You got it. You got it. And that's exactly how they use the data. And, and in fact, if there's something that we're not asking, Michael, mm -hmm. we actually have an opportunity for anyone to to make suggestions to um, to our program. Uh, uh -huh. You can go on our website, um, fill out a, a you know a question about adding things to our questionnaire. Uh, we work with different uh, again with different clients. If we're not collecting data through our federal program. We'll go through what we call an external project agreement uh, to collect that data on their behalf, you know, if it works yeah. out. Uh, so we, we always are getting feedback uh, from those that that need the data and depend on it. Uh-huh. And you're actually looking at trends, too. Like one of the trends I'm looking at right here is cold storage. Mm -hmm. And so you have, you know, where it's where it's located. They said 2 billion cubic feet by 1997 is what was. And I'm sure it's way more than that now. But that's fascinating information to see that um, and just trying to understand kind of like how things are growing and moving and changing in the ag world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we track it. We track it. We try to as much as we can, as much as we can. We try to get yeah. you the data you need. All right, King, anything else before we go? Well, you know, I, I know you have a, a, a nice following and those that listen, but I, I just want to, you know, you know, personally thank the producers. Uh, that have responded to the census and, and thank uh, the producers that have responded to our other surveys uh, because they know the importance as well. And for anyone that's been hesitant 
to respond to a USDA NAS survey. I just hope this discussion helps uh, everyone to realize how important the, the data is. Uh, ad counts, that's our motto, uh, but we can't be successful as we have been over these decades uh, without the cooperation from, from the farmers mm -hmm. and ranchers. So I definitely want to thank thank them and, and you too, Michael, for this opportunity uh, through the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Th King, thanks so much for coming on. All right. So there you have it. Another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.